Welcome to this podcast, made possible by Vision Australia Radio, your community radio station. Visit varadio.org for more information on Vision Australia Radio and our podcasts. Well, the 47th Parliament is underway, and uh, Senator David Pocock has created history being the first independent senator elected to the uh, Senate for the ACT, and it's great to welcome Senator Pocock on the line David, if I may call you that, uh, thanks so much for your time. Hi, Peter. Thank, thanks for having me. Congratulations on your, on your election. I keep saying selection because I, I still think you're a sporting person. Yeah, I, I guess I was selected in, in a way through a very long-winded Senate voting process. Ended up taking a few weeks to finally get the result. But, yeah, such a, such a privilege to, to be in here representing a community I love you know, on so many issues that are, that are important to people of the ACT. When did you decide that uh, politics was going to be for you, uh, particularly maybe after your uh, playing career? Only in December last year. While I was playing, I'd, I'd been involved in a number of issues that I thought were important and wanted to try and further the conversation around. I knew what it was like to be that young rugby player who you know idolised players who were playing professionally. And so I figured, well, I should be using whatever platform I have to actually talk about issues that I think are important. But didn't really, didn't think politics was for me. And then last year was approached by a community group here in the ACT who were looking for an independent Senate candidate. They'd done some work. They thought that it was possible. It had never been done before, but they came to me saying, listen, with the right candidate, we really believe we can do this. And I thought about it for a few months and eventually figured, well, this is probably something that, I'd regret not having a crack at it. I don't, I don't want to sit around after the election or in a few years' time thinking, well, I wonder what could have been. And so launched myself into it, ran a really grassroots campaign, essentially crowdsourced my policy platform, and it, it clearly resonated. And, and you know, here we are with a very different-looking parliament. Uh, it, it's, it's exciting. Dave, you talked about uh, heroes or idols that you looked up to as a sporting uh, young lad. Uh, Anyone you look up to as far as politics go? Oh, you know, as uh, moving from Zimbabwe as a teenager, mm. someone who I really looked up to and I've, I think I've read pretty much every book he's written was Desmond Tutu. Okay. So not exactly a politician, but played a huge role in South Africa, not only campaigning against apartheid, but then once apartheid ended and, and there were elections, he did a huge amount of work to actually try and bring South Africans together and yeah, just love his the way he did things, his sense of humor. So he, he he's probably someone he's he's not your classical political figure, but someone I look up to. David, in your um, information on Wikipedia, says that after your career, you turned your attention to conservationism and uh, social inclusion and, and social justice. So where did that come from? I guess the conservationist side of uh, things we can kind of understand because it's you know very much. Uh, something that's very much in people's minds, but uh, the, the social inclusion and the, the social justice, where did those sort of influences come from? Good question. The conservation side of things, I grew up on a farm and from an early age age had a love of nature, a real fascination with the natural world, and that's grown, I think, as you learn more about what we're actually doing to our home, to the places that we live, you want to be part of changing that and, and actually looking better looking after this incredible place we get to call home. When it comes to inclusion, you know, I, I don't know. I guess was raised in a, a family where it was really important to to be respecting people for who they are 
and not, not judging them. And then I guess on top of that, my experience as a teenager moving to Australia, sport was huge for me. It was a way that I made friends. You know, once I was on the sporting field, I didn't feel like I was the, the new kid with the funny accent. I was just mm. part of a team and could, could make friends and could you know, develop relationships. And I wanted that to be available to all kids and talking to, you know, friends who moved from Zimbabwe, similar to me, but were black. They had a very different experience in mm. sport. And then you talk to people who, you know, maybe gay, they've had a, again, a whole different experience. And you realize just how far we have to go to ensure that people can actually be who they are. They can bring their full self to the classroom, the sporting field, be who they are. And I think we all benefit when we're creating a more inclusive society. That's such a great point. David, one of the things that really piqued our interest and uh, we wanted to have a chat to you and we pleased you've made yourself available was the situation regarding the Auslan interpreter uh, in Parliament. Uh, can you tell us about that? Sure. Uh, not long after I, after the election results, I had a few people in the community write in and say, listen, we want to come and watch your first speech in the Senate. Would you consider having an interpreter so we can actually see what you're saying? Mm-hmm. And thought, well, of course. Uh, yeah, as an independent, one of the things I, I talked a lot about during the campaign was wanting to be accessible to the community, to be transparent and, and wanting to be held accountable. And I figured, well, this is just a small way to actually do that, to ensure that the deaf community can actually watch my first speech. And so I thought, well, this this should be a pretty straightforward thing to do. All I needed was permission from the leaders in the Senate of the of the major parties. And so I wrote to them and got responses saying, no, we, we, we don't want to allow what they call a stranger on the floor, an interpreter yeah. to stand next to me. Uh, we're worried about the precedent it will set. The Greens, to their credit, uh, approved it very, very quickly. They said they were happy, happy for it. So, yeah, then they, they helped find a workaround where we had an interpreter on, on, a, on a big screen in, in the Senate, screens that were set on the Senate floor and, and then on the broadcast. It was sort of a side-by-side. So, yeah, we found a solution in the end. I think it was another reminder of just the, the barriers that you know, many people in our community being included. So is that convention protocol? I mean... You know, I guess, you know, perhaps last year or the year before with um, COVID in, in the air, as it were, it could have been maybe forgiven. Uh, you know, I guess, uh, you know, terrorism is also, uh, I guess, something that people have to bear in mind when you talk about uh, that sort of thing. But, you know, surely <laughs> to make something more accessible or um, more inclusive, uh, you think uh, people would say, yeah, no worries, what a great idea, we can do it for everyone. Yeah, I mean, that, that's the way I thought about it. You know, convention is important. It provides us with a framework of the way that we do things. But it's also really important that when we realize, hang on, there's a better way to do this that we can change. And, and that's one of the things about the Senate. The Senate, the Senate essentially makes all its own rules. There's this thick book called the Standing Orders, which are all the Senate rules. And they, they can be changed simply by having the majority of people in the Senate say, I know we used to think that this was a bad idea, but now we're actually going to allow someone to 
stand next to a, a senator for a first speech or you know some important thing that we want to get across. But yeah, we, we're not there yet. I'll keep having those conversations. They have committed to actually reviewing it in a Senate committee. So we'll see what comes out of that. David, I know you're busy and there's so much we would love to have covered. Now that we've made contact with you, um, hopefully we can maybe speak to you again in the future because you've got a few uh, years up your sleeve now that you've been elected to the Senate. And again, congratulations and thank you so much for spending just a little bit of time with us. It's been great. And as I said, hopefully we can catch up with you again in the future. Thanks, Peter. Great to chat. That's uh, Senator David Pocock, uh, just uh, inducted into the Senate, if you like, or just elected into the Senate. And uh, well, what a, what a great story. What an interesting story regarding access, particularly as far as uh, Austin goes onto the floor of the Senate. This podcast was made possible by Vision Australia Radio. Visit varadio.org for information on Vision Australia Radio, news, interviews, reviews, and more of our podcasts. VARadio.org